Welcome to another episode of Pit Lane Parlay. I am your host, Mike Jokum. Frenchie is here. It is time for our annual IndyCar Awards show. We've got 15, some serious, some less serious, IndyCar quote-unquote awards. This might not, like, you know, the driver season MVP might not necessarily be Will Power, but I thought I'd give everybody the lovely update after last week's Airbnb saga that I did get a full refund. I'm sorry, Kevin and I got a full refund. And thank you to Kevin Dejewski for handling Airbnb support, which was still not particularly fun. But I think we can leave that there. It's a good story. Maybe we'll talk about it more in the off. Maybe it'll be like my Vegas story from a couple years ago. And like we'll be talking about how bad this Airbnb was for years. What do you think? Was were the lodging situation was that as bad as some of the other places you've been, or it was just the noise and the way that the the host treated you? Well, guys? I I don't remember if I said it last week, but there was a bed and there was a futon, and I slept. Well, I attempted to yeah. sleep on the futon. It was legitimately like sleeping on a brick, and <laughs> and no air conditioning, and no air conditioning, and. You know, I'm pretty pretty good at sleeping anywhere. I've slept in airports, on benches, to save hotel costs, traveling around for IndyCar. And I, the second night, I wrapped myself in a bunch of blankets and a comforter, like a burrito, just so I could like sleep on the floor and like have some sort of padding. And that was better than the than the futon. So, I kind of want to see which place you guys stayed in so i can go and look at kevin's scathing review that he <laughs> left on that kevin kevin doesn't kevin doesn't listen so kevin i'll have to somebody remind me to text kevin for the what he doesn't no, listen to he this? never listens to podcasts so we can we, we could like tell people he's like the worst human being ever and he would never know unless somebody tags him on twitter which in case kevin i love you and you're not the worst person ever what does he do while driving then? I don't know. I don't. I don't ask these questions. If he drives in silence, then I'm I don't think really he's a sociopath. No, only because <laughs> <laughs> okay. we do know that he is a very strict rule abider when it comes to the yes. speed limit. Yes, he is. Anyway, thank you to our friends at Java House for sponsoring all year. They have five locations in Indy, and also you can go to javahouse.com and use promo code. Bitlane 10 and get 10% off all of your orders. There's like three or four that came in so far this week. It's midday on Wednesday. So thank you for the continued support, whoever you are out there. And yeah, I'm trying to figure out at some point, probably in some point in October or November, I will do a recording from there. You're going to fly me totally, out. Totally, right? totally going to fly. I mean, if you want to come for the weekend, like bring <laughs> Michelle and, we can we can double date it sort of sort of weekend and you know not I don't think they really care about recording but you know the rest of the weekend. No, I don't think either of our significant others listen to the podcast. No, either, Sam. Right? Uh, oh, I I actually haven't. I've been avoiding names. Sam does. Sam does listen to every one of our IndyCar episodes. She does not listen to it, to the F one episodes, but does listen to IndyCar. Wow, Michelle yeah. doesn't listen to this, so she won't hear that. But I guess i'll have to play her this little yeah, I, clip when this I was, comes out i was at her house last night and she had something up on her phone and you, you can see like 
you know most recent thing played on like spotify or whatever and it was the airbnb episode last week and i was like oh wow that's so so thoughtful and so kind and she's like yeah listen to every indycar episode i'm like and i still don't understand after five years and like 600 episodes why people listen to us but that's a whole nother story please don't yeah, stop yeah please yeah don't stop anyway now that we've rambled let's let's go in to the awards so here's what we're going to do. We're going to go through 15 awards. French and I are going to stay at our case. We're not going to we're we're each going to have different answers. And then once the episode comes out. So this will be the only episode this week, so I will probably just put it out on Friday for everybody to listen to. Then starting Friday throughout the weekend over the next 5 or 6 days or so, I will put every one of these that I can remember on Twitter and let you guys vote. Give it your best vote. I can also do the voting on Instagram if people care that much about voting. So first up is best driver of the best driver, driver of the year, driver MVP, whatever you want to call it. Frenchie, I will let you go first on this one, and then we'll we'll alternate who goes first. This was really tough, even though it seems pretty obvious, because I didn't want to pick someone that was bland and yeah. predictable. But the only options I could come up with were pretty bland and predictable. Okay. So I'm just going to go with Scott Dixon. Because even though he didn't win the championship, I think if what happened to him at the Indy 500 didn't happen, it's been calculated that he would have gotten 75 points out of that at the very least. Um, I mean, he probably would have won the race. So I think this was a championship year for him probably without that mishap. And... I don't know. He just seems to be able to qualify really poorly in a Ganassi car. Like, I don't understand why that happens. And then find his way to the front anyway. So I think he's the driver of the year because he just quietly goes about his business of being someone you can never count out. I'm going to go with Scott McLaughlin. He had a not great rookie season, but still, you know, not bad and came out on fire this year. Didn't hit one kind of small mistake at long beach where he clipped that inside wall on the on the last corner but other than that didn't make too many mistakes this year was in the championship hunt until the last race and had a really good year and i think you know you look at him now and you go this is one of the guys to beat going forward so you know that to me is mvp worthy there so now we're going to go on the other side this is always one of my favorite things to like read about like in other sports when I you know you know, look at awards and whatnot, most disappointing driver. I oh, I'm up first. I I hate to do this because he's a nice one of the one of the nicest guys, but Jack Harvey, man, twenty sec. I had him as one of my twenty second points. So I have to pick my other. Full timers behind him were Devlin, Kirkwood, and Dalton, and that's it. And just. Had you know, qualified really well at Iowa and had one top ten, which was a tenth somewhere else. I don't remember where, but just didn't have it this year. And you know, hopefully he's able to you know, figure out whatever about the Ray Hall car wasn't working for him this year, and and he can resolve it. But it was, yeah, it's not a good, not good. This, to me, has parallels of Daniel Ricciardo's year with McLaren, where it's just like he couldn't come to grips with that car. I don't know what it was. 
but it relates back to the expectations issue of we expected Jack Harvey going to what I consider to be, I guess, a better, more established team in Ray Hall than his previous team, Meyer Shank. I expected him to come out of the gates really strong, and he just didn't. But so I, my other option was Kyle Kirkwood, I think, because I think expectations for him were incredibly high just based on his performance in the latter series. And even in Foyt equipment, I think he made way too many mistakes. And I know he's a rookie and you got to kind of give him the chance to learn and things like that. But I think he was way too aggressive on many occasions and kind of caused himself and the team more grief than he needed to. Yep. That is definitely fair. Next up, biggest shock driver result, you know, for a season, for a single race, yeah, however you want to take this, I'm, I'm going to leave it you know, pretty open-ended. To me, it just sticks in my mind, maybe because it was so recent, but Joseph spinning in the corkscrew during qualifying, my jaw dropped. I did not expect that from him. He's not someone who makes mistakes like that. Uh, you know, he, he had a couple this season that were very glaring, I guess, errors or just big things that happened to him. But that that's one that really stands out. And I think it was just he was going to qualify yeah. well, and he just really put himself in the hole there. I am going to take, well... The final result in standings wasn't necessarily what he or the team probably wanted, but Callum Eilat kind of propelling the Yinkos team to relevancy with a, a second place qualifying at Laguna. Had some other good results, a couple top tens, and had a handful of like electrical failures and, and things like that. Also hurt his hand at crashing at the during the Indy 500 and did miss a beat. So I think Callum was kind of the the big surprise this year because we thought you know we knew he was a good driver but he was on Yunkos who was just kind of coming back into to IndyCar again and we weren't expecting really all that much and I think he definitely outperformed the equipment that that team has so that would be my biggest shock uh, okay now on the team level biggest shock team good or bad how do you not pick Andretti here <laughs> Damn it, that was what I picked. Oh, sorry. See, now I have to think of something else. See, quickly. that's that's why I didn't look at at what you sent me when you when you sent me your answers yeah, yeah. before I had done. I've also done. I've not written down a single answer for any of these questions. Uh, I like to write on paper. Everyone, I'm I'm old on the inside. <laughs> but and I know Alex Rossi said at the end of the year, you know, things uh, the the Mid Ohio incident was a quote unquote turning point to kind of all right. Shit, we need to. We need to work together here and, and come to a common ground and, and, and whatnot. And he said nice things about Grosjean, Devlin, and obviously he's good friends with Colton already. So that was, I guess, good to see going forward. But now Ross is off the team. Herta is rumored to be on one of seven different F1 teams next year, which I don't think is going to happen. But, you know, you never know. And I think all in all you could make a case that they are not one of the quote-unquote big three IndyCar teams anymore with the way they've been the last two to three seasons. So that itself is pretty shocking. I think I would agree, but I'm going to have to go with my second choice when I was thinking about of Ed Carpenter racing. I think you might make the case that they're down at the bottom there with A.J. Foyt at this point. Uh, they, they have the occasional result. 
that maybe we haven't seen come out of Foyt lately, but on their bad days, which unfortunately seems to be a lot of them lately, they are just hanging around in the back with Foyt. So I'd put them at the rear of the field at this point, and I know Renus is seen as like this up-and-coming talent, but I don't know if signing with Ed Carpenter for the future is the smartest move or if he had other options, but we'll see where that goes. Ed Carpenter really disappointed me this season. I expect more out of them. Hard to argue that. Okay. The best race of the year, in your opinion, was? I think Barber was probably the best race. It was pretty entertaining. That was one of the less obvious ones, I think. There were yeah. some... You, I mean, you can always say the Indy 500, especially because it was the first time I went in person. Um, you know, there are a bunch of other options because I don't think we had that many dull races. That was much harder yes. to pick, but I thought Barber was a really good race. I will take Gateway. I think that's more on the obvious side, but <laughs> it was a fun weekend with you know you at the track, my dad at the track, obviously Maluka's podium podiuming is that a word podiuming putting it on the podium (laughs) was really cool to see and all i mean no matter how that race ended it was it was a thrilling finish under the lights to see so that was a lot of fun okay worst race of the year i'm gonna take portland i okay that was one of my options i just with without and I'm not even saying lap one, turn one drama makes Portland, but nothing happened the entire race. The caution didn't really do anything when VK and Jimmy came together. Didn't spice things up like you thought it it, it might, and it definitely needed some sort of spice at that point. So Portland, to me, goes as the one that was, well, maybe not the worst race ever, the least memorable of 2022. Okay, so this was hard. I, like, the worst race, there weren't very many bad races this season. Um, so I think I might have to go with Toronto, unfortunately. I mean, I thought it was good, but there's just not much passing going on there. I mean, and there never really is, but it was just kind of clear how it was going to end i almost feel like it was similar to portland where there was some stuff happening like we had that rosenquist and rossi collision and then you had the kirkwood and johnson incident but other than that i think most of the race was decided with pit stops yeah and pit strategy so i mean i love toronto i've been to the track and i think the venue's awesome but yeah i wasn't super impressed with the racing just because i guess it's not really wide enough in most places for there to be that side-by-side action Fair enough. Hey there, my name is Michael Laminato and this is Pit Pass F1, a brand new podcast that'll take you closer to the action of the world's most prestigious motorsport. From Monaco to Miami and Australia to Azerbaijan, Pit Pass F1 is on the ground and has you covered. Esteemed F1 journalists Julianne Serasoli and Chris Medland will take you inside the sport every round. They'll keep you up to date with the latest news breaking in Formula One and the most influential views shaping the world of Grand Prix racing. Every Friday, we'll be bringing you a track guide and race preview, and Chris and Drew will be in your feed every morning from Saturday through to Monday to keep you up to date on all the day's action on and off the track. 
So if you want to be in the know on the latest in Formula One, subscribe wherever you get your favourite podcasts and visit us at evergreenpodcasts.com. Pit Pass F1, a brand new show for Evergreen Podcasts. Coming up on 5-Minute News, I'm Anthony Davis. You might think it's partisan because maybe it's critical of one side or the other, but it's not. It's just the truth. And I think that's also something that's kind of unusual for Americans listening to the radio or to podcasts because the news landscape in the States has been so partisan for so many decades. So 5-Minute News is verified, truthful, independent, unbiased and essential world news daily. Best decision of the year. This could be in-race decision. This could be an in-season move or thing that happened. I don't remember who goes first here. Is it you? Yeah, it's you. Yeah, I'm going to go with Will Power's Detroit strategy, starting on those hard tires. Because I think it would have been very odd to see him win the championship without any wins. So it's kind of good that he grabbed that one win and kept his streak going i think it's what 16 years where he's won a race yeah and now and dixon's still at 18 but that was a a really good move and that was fun to watch rossi sort of almost catch him there at the end but he was able to keep it going oh hi cooper (laughs) i hmm all right i my my answer was going to be rossi's different strategy in that race but just for to be slightly different and give a different outlook on something a good decision was now mclaren made a lot of questionable decisions this year but the one good thing they did was get uh, pato awards contract extension done before it dragged too long into the season because he was significantly better once that was handled i thought you were gonna say something else that just happened no no (laughs) definitely not fair okay thought that's what you're gonna say was the best decision (laughs) Mm. that would have been really like harsh pretty savage but that's that's where i thought you were going with that yeah that's fair we're gonna leave that one up to interpretation everybody think what you want (laughs) so i just went first so it's your turn for the worst decision say that again it's your turn for worst decision because I just went first on best. We don't have a, a worst decision. I'm totally in the wrong spot. Okay, worst decision. Hmm. I don't have one that's like clearly coming to mind, but I everybody who used used red tires in Laguna because it's most recent. That was so bad and did not work for anybody. You were pretty much done in eight to ten laps. Yeah, it would have David make them last nine laps on both stints with them. Yeah, that was kind of ridiculous. I'm going to go with Colton Herta's mid-Ohio code word mess up (laughs) as the worst decision of just, like, the it went yellow. They leave the pits open for everybody to get the chance to come in. It's very obvious what you're going to do. I'm sorry, Brian. You do not need to use code words. You're not going to trick anybody except your son who's driving the car, unfortunately. That's that's a good point. Okay. The Super License Award. This is kind of poking fun at all the Super License drama for people who might be moving to F1 or might not. And the qualifier of this is 
who you know who could be in contention for an IndyCar seat, but you think needs another year of Indy Lights? This is more of a, a fun award, not so serious. I think Christian Rasmussen could use another year in Indy Lights. He's, I mean, he won races this year and he showed talent, but I don't think he finished high enough in the championship. And he's still a rookie that if he moved up, it'd probably be too soon. I think he has a chance to succeed in Indy Lights and you need to keep him there before he moves up. Yeah, I'm going to take Stingray Rob. I think, especially the second half of the year, he was really good. But I think he needs a full season of being really good to make the jump up. So I'll just leave that at that. Next up is favorite on-track moment of the year. <laughs> Mine is spicy. Okay, go for it. A little bit. It's the New Garden on Grosjean collision at Ooh, Nashville. That okay. was my favorite yeah. moment because just to see Grosjean get a little bit of a taste of his own medicine, and I did not want to see him necessarily taken out yeah. of the race, but to get shoved out of the way, to get elbowed, I liked seeing that because... I mean, that's what he does to people, and he got pissed when he was treated the way that he drives other people. So it was ironic to me, and I like to see people get what's coming to them. Hmm. That was kind of mine. Well, Grosjean, Grosjean <laughs> like as a whole, was, was kind of mine. So <laughs> do I take Malukas passing McLaughlin for P2? Do I take Erickson winning the 500? I think, you know, I'm going to go back to... But it was under yellow. 500 wasn't under yellow. Was it? Yeah, it finished I under yellow. I don't remember that. Everybody was really upset, I uh, thought. Unless I'm really misremembering. Yeah, I don't remember that at all. <laughs> like, not even not even a little bit. <laughs> oh, now you're making me doubt myself. I'm pretty sure it finished <laughs> under yellow. I don't think so. Did they red flag it nope. and then... Definitely no red flag. I it something happened where it finished. I mean, it could have finished under yellow if there was a crash on the last lap, but I just remember Marcus going full crazy snake mode to break the draft. Am I am I like really out of it? No, they red flagged it. For oh, a with like bit. eight to go. Then, yeah, 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 yeah. But then that's what happened. They didn't yell. At, they could have let it yeah. run out under yellow, I guess. Basically, is what didn't have. He, they, it didn't finish under yellow, but everyone was arguing about My bad. that. The Indy 500 was like nine months ago. Yeah, yeah. Well, I was wrong anyway, too, because I said it finished under yellow, and that was really. To I will take in Newgarden passing McLaughlin at Texas at the beginning of the season on the last lap for the win. So I will take that. Okay. So we both had Newgarden. Uh, oh yeah. Favorite moment off the track. This could be an interview you did, some debauchery we had around traveling, Airbnb, wherever you want to take this. I'll let you go first on this one. I don't remember who. I mean, I just thought it was really fun to get to have the experience of being at the track with Pit Lane Parlay. So overall, it was awesome. But I kind of have two that stood out to me. Um, the first was getting to interview Mario yeah. in that would Texas, have been one line. which was really cool. I mean, that was a hero. That's like a bucket list item just to get and to sit there and chat with him. And I know he talks to anyone and will like sign stuff, but just, I don't know. It was really cool. And then I also, I just really liked being able to hang out with uh, you and your dad at Gateway. That was pretty fun. Aww. So it was an enjoyable weekend to see how you guys interact and uh, where your racing roots come from and hear his stories too. All right. I like it. 
obviously. I'm going to go with actually the Gallagher Grand Prix weekend because afterwards, you know, me, you, Jack, and Sig went out and stayed out very late. But that was also the <laughs> night, you know, we, we all know how I ended the night. That was also the night I started talking to Sam on online. And so, like, I have good memories. Good as something good. Yeah, I have good memories yeah. of, of that weekend <laughs> and, you know, the even watching a little bit of NASCAR on TV the next day when I was struggling to survive. And, and yeah, obviously things were going great and she's like an amazing person. So you know, some good, some good came out of a weekend that I wasn't really all that excited for at the start of the, <laughs> of the racing season. And when we narrowly missed becoming victims of crime, yes. Yes. <laughs> look up broad ripple at the end of July and you will see what happened. Next up, I will take first on this one, most annoying annoying storyline that never went anywhere. So, you know, you could take this in kind of whatever direction you want. You know, like for example, me not being professional or whatever. Uh I will take the Colton Herda Super License Saga, which as of today, September 21st, looks like it's going nowhere. Every time we're like, "Oh my god, it's gonna happen!" It doesn't happen again. So, and and I, I listen. Colton deserves it. We're not going to debate that this week. We'll save that for news next week. But it's it's exhausting now. I see what you did there. You did like a little bit of a reverse psychology thing right there, where you like jinxed it basically of like, "Oh, it's not gonna happen." So now it will happen. Is that your plan? You don't have to say. It's like don't reveal your birthday wish. I got you though. Um, my most annoying storyline is Milwaukee. <laughs> Just all this track stuff because I I get excited every single time for like one of these historic ovals to come back, and then it's just such a letdown. I'm all for like Burke Lakefront Airport, uh, Milwaukee, like Fontana, Michigan. Yeah, okay, <laughs> <laughs> whatever, whatever you say, sure, any of those um, f- to come back, and it's just. I mean, we kind of have to admit it's not going to happen. Yeah, it's... Mm, yeah, I don't think so. Okay. Biggest road to indie surprise. This could be a good or, or bad, you know, however you want to take it. This is totally up to you. Uh, I think Linus's dominance was surprising. I mean, we knew he was good, but that level of dominance, wow. We haven't really seen that in an indie light season, usually they go down to the wire, but it was pretty clear who the front runner was throughout the entire season. That's a good one. I that was the one I actually saw that you picked, so I did not put I did not think of that as a potential option, but I'm gonna say Stingray Rob finishing second in points after kind of having a quiet but solid first half of the year. You know, he finished higher than his teammate and Matt Brabham and he finished higher than HMD's Ben Peterson. So I think Stingray was kind of the the surprise. I thought he would be in that like four, five, six area in standings at the end of the year and finished second. And you know, now we'll at least gets an IndyCar test out of that, so good for him. Reminder, every the top three finishers in Indy Lights get an IndyCar test. The top three finishers 
in Indy Pro get an Indy Lights test, I think it is, or they might also get an Indy Car test after next year. I forget exactly how it works, but last one. Non-Indy Lights champion most likely to end up in IndyCar next year. I think I'm up first. I'm taking Ben Peterson. Feels like feels like this one is like too easy, but I'm taking the too easy route on this one. Ben Peterson it is. See, I have two options because I wasn't sure who you were going to pick, and you didn't pick either of oh. mine. So I think Stingray Rob could easily move up. Um, and I also think Matt Brabham could be a a sleeper pick so i think for the two of those i think it's more likely i would say stingray rob it's probably more likely to move up than matt brabham even though i don't know i'd love to see the brabham name back in indycar but that's uh, a little bit nostalgic of me yeah brabham's one of those guys that you know he did the indy 500 was that 2015 didn't he do one other indycar race like the next year maybe mid ohio 2016 or, or something like that I would love to see get an actual chance in a full IndyCar season with a team. That would be that would be really cool to see. But all right, that wraps up our awards. Follow along on Twitter or Instagram. If enough people ask me about it, I will put it on Instagram as well. And you can vote for which of our answers are better. I hope you enjoyed it. Thank you for following along all IndyCar season. Next week, we'll be back to talk Colton Herta stuff, the fact that Alex Pillow is staying at Ganassi, whatever whatever other IndyCar news may pop up in the next week, we will do that. And we'll probably do news every other week in the offseason, just so we can let stuff build up, unless, I don't know, unless Scott Dixon you know, cancels his Ganassi contract and tries to go to McLaren as well. So, you know, you never know, but we will see. There is... No F1 racing this weekend again. Obviously, there's no IndyCar. If NASCAR is your thing, enjoy. Probably probably not going to watch it. But I think there's like Extreme E this weekend. If not, you're into definitely that. not going to watch it. I actually might watch NASCAR. You know our thoughts on if, that. If if I'm just sitting around with Sam, I'm sure we'll throw on NASCAR for a little bit on, on Sunday. So let's go. I don't know. Let's, let's go Tyler Reddick. Is he still in the No, I think he's out of the playoffs now. Let's go somebody who's still in the playoffs and not Kyle Busch because he's, he's out of the playoffs, but he's kind of a turd. So, <laughs> yeah, I mean, we can talk Kyle Busch signing with Chevy next year, which he's going to be in the Indy 500 which, next year. And, and listen, Zach Brown, uh, was it Zach Brown or Sam Schmidt? Somebody in McLaren is already like, w- w- we'd be interested, you know, because who aren't they interested yeah, but- in? Anyway, we didn't he also say that he he required out of this signing with Richard Childress, who I didn't realize he had like a fight with like ten years ago or something really? somewhere. Yeah, they like weren't on speaking terms for a long time until Austin Dillon like kind of started oh. these talks. But we'll have to look more into that because my NASCAR lack of knowledge yeah. is showing. But uh, I think he he's like yeah. Part of this contract is I need a deal for my son who's like seven years old and is carding right now. Yeah, or something, or starting I wasn't race. sure if that was like legit or if that was just like a hey wink wink nudge nudge. Here's a development contract for your seven year old. Is that like legit? I, I mean, I would okay. buy it. I don't know. Maybe someone else can correct us. I haven't done my research on this, but it seems like it's legit to me. All right. Well, fair enough. Everybody. Have a lovely weekend of racing.
Hi, listeners. We wanted to take a moment to tell you about another podcast from Evergreen Podcasts and Sound Talent Media called Pit Lane Parlay. Pit Lane Parlay is the go-to podcast for IndyCar and motorsports-related news. Each episode, we discuss things like our favorite drivers, news clips from the last week, and generally giving each other a hard time about predictions we've made in the past and or life stories that have come up recently. We really have a lot of fun with it and really enjoy each other's company, and we hope you can come join us too. Join Pit Lane Parlay by following us on your favorite podcast today.